your Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Locked On Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Today's episode, there's only really a couple of things I feel like talking about. I think the obvious elephant in the room is that Patrick Liney is no longer a Winnipeg Jet. Um, and he's not the only Jet that's been out the door. Jack Roslevic has also been part of this deal to Columbus for Pierre-Luc Dubois and a 2022 third round pick. So I want to talk a little bit about both sides of this deal, and then I'll talk about some of the upcoming games for this evening. But, you know, obviously I think the main focus is going to be thinking about what exactly does this line A trade mean for the Jets? So on the Jets side of things, Winnipeg uh, moved out Patrick Line and Jack Roslevic. And I think in a lot of ways, we know why. Roslovic was kind of pissed at not having top six time with this Jets team, which I do understand to a point. I think the other issue is that Roslovic just never really did enough for me to think that he should be like a permanent top six player. The Jets, I think, envisioned him long term as like a second line center, which, you know, in in the uh, AHL, he had actually been a top line center for the Moose. Now, I think where things kind of fell apart is once he tried to be a center for the Jets, the rest of his game kind of seemed to decline, and it's sort of strange. You know, you would think that moving to winger would make it a little bit easier for him after he didn't really have a great run at center. But in fact, as a wing, he was very inconsistent, and I just never really felt like he was somebody who was going to put it all together to remain a top-six fixture. Roslovic has probably been on the outs for the past couple of seasons. I don't think he's been happy as a Jet. He thinks he's got more talent and skill that he could practice elsewhere, which is maybe true. He could still be a top six or somewhere else, uh, particularly Columbus, but it sounds like Columbus actually intends to use him as a center, which for me is a bit interesting. I don't really know if his game is suited to that, and if they think that he'll immediately kind of slot into where Pierre-Luc Dubois was playing, I have bad news for you. I don't think that uh, Roslovic is going to be your PLD replacement. In fact, I don't even know if Roslovic is going to be more than a third liner. There was a time when I really felt like Roslovic had one of the highest ceilings on this team, and then of course Line got drafted and things changed a bit, but I just generally never got the sense that Roslovic was destined for a superstar role. I think as like a capable middle six winger, he's still got value, right? He's definitely not a bad player. I just don't really see the all-star potential that I used to with him. I, I felt at one point that he'd be a guy who would easily make Winnipeg's top six and continue to be a longtime contributor and maybe Matthew Perot's heir apparent. But instead, what we got was somebody who has like streaks of really good play, um, really crafty hands, some great passing, a nice release and good attacking positioning, but not somebody who actually does a lot of the really important stuff on a consistent basis. He apparently made it clear that he was never resigning with the Jets, which I don't really care about, to be honest. If he actually showed me enough to be a, a, a difference maker for this team, I didn't see it, especially with the kind of players that Winnipeg has right now. I just didn't envision a role with him where I, he would ever get the kind of ice time that he's asking for. He'll probably get it with the Blue Jackets, because let's be honest, Columbus's forward depth ain't exactly great right now. 
I will say that he just signed for $3.8 million over two years, which is not terrible. You get a, a decent middle six winger for under uh, $2 million per season, and it's like a nice show-me contract. I just don't really care about his game, and as far as like a loss to this team, Roslovic going, I can live with. He wasn't going to play here again. I didn't really feel like he was that big of a loss. It's a shame he didn't pan out for the Jets, but it's not like a, a situation where he doesn't have somebody else in line ready to take his place. The Jets have a lot of prospects like him, and I kind of feel like Jansen Harkins is the guy that I wanted Roslovic to be, but will actually have that kind of level of performance on the ice consistently. Line A going is a much bigger loss, and I feel like Patrick in many ways... Look, the trade itself is even, right? Line A for Dubois, it, you, you get what you're getting with him. You got Line A, who's like a generational goal scorer, and you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, who's a really effective power two-way center. Somebody who doesn't mind driving towards the net. He can create a lot of chaos with a really strong frame, a surprisingly good first step. Not exactly great uh, foot speed in terms of like really high-end acceleration or anything, but enough to create separation distance. And of course, he's actually got a pretty good set of hands, especially in really tight quarters. He can pull off some amazing goals with great positioning and very good vision and an, like a high-level IQ. So where I think Liney might eventually be better is that Liney has like a power forward element of his game that he's been perfecting over the past couple of seasons. A couple of years ago when he was playing with like Little and Roslovic, I kept saying, you know, I see him doing a lot of zone transitions. I see him trying to make zone entries. I think the way that he's thinking about the ice and who he's looking at to pass to tells me that, mentally speaking, Line was thinking about the game at a fundamentally higher level than what he was showing on the ice in terms of actually being able to pull off and execute these plays, in part because he just wasn't on the line where he could do it. And he was still getting, like, I guess up to NHL speed, you might say. There are certain parts of his game that weren't really there yet. Last season was when I felt he probably took one of his largest strides forward. You know, obviously he's still a bit of a defensive black hole in certain areas, and I think there are situations where he still struggles, especially under significant offensive pressure or, or opposing pressure from guys who are trying to strip the puck from him, but Line's game has grown a lot. In that one game that he played for us this year where he had, of course, a couple of goals and a nice assist, Line just showed that, again, he can be a huge playmaker for this team and somebody who doesn't just have a great release. He's got great vision, he's got very good passing and very good IQ, and his, his positioning and ability to read different passing lanes, understand attacking routes, and still track back on defense is actually very impressive. He's somebody who I think his game is starting to round out, especially at even strength. On a personal level, this just bums me out a lot. I felt like Line was going to be somebody that this team sort of made a face of the franchise. He's not a player that you necessarily build around in the sense that he's like that lead franchise centerman or whatever. I think that he's somebody that you could build a really great team with, but not necessarily around. That, of course, could change if he continues to round out his game and become an even bigger, you know, even strength playmaker. But as like a predominantly elite goal scorer, I think the Jets were probably hoping to get somebody who went down the middle and, and created a lot more offense for a, you know, line mate situation rather than somebody who's a pure finisher out of this. And that's kind of what line A was for a long time. In just a little bit, I'll talk about why Pierre-Luc Dubois fills that void that the Jets have been looking for and what he might actually bring to this team and how all of this sort of pans out and plays out for the Jets long term. Is this really a good look for the organization? Did Chevy get the best package available? All questions I'll do my best to answer in just a little bit. Before then, though, I wanted to tell you a little bit about why you need to make BetOnline.ag the only place you do your online betting. Even though most of you are probably dominant Winnipeg Jets fans, you might also be really big NFL fans. Maybe you're super excited about the Lombardi Trophy race, and you're trying to bet on somebody like Tampa Bay, the Buffalo Bills, which is a crazy thing to say in the year 2021, but here we are. The Buffalo Bills are great. 
or maybe even an underdog like Kansas City who's currently without Patrick Mahomes. If you're looking for the safest, most reliable place to do your online betting, then look no further than betonline.ag. They have lines, spreads, parlays, and just about everything in between for every sport you could possibly imagine, whether you're really interested in college football, NHL action, NFL football, and so much more. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. Make your sports fandom as rewarding as possible. And now that Pierre-Luc Dubois is a Winnipeg Jet, maybe it's time to toss down a few extra dollars on Winnipeg being the premier Northern Division team. To get started, go ahead and go on over to betonline.ag where you can create your free account today. And when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome bonus with your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. I'm sure you have probably been quietly stewing a little bit over the sadness that comes with trading Patrick Laine. I know I'm still not 100% over it, but all is not doom and gloom. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois and what he brings to this Jets team. Before we go too much further, though, I do want to tell you a little bit about why you need to be subscribed to Locked on Bets right now. 2020 is mercifully over. It's time for a fresh start and a few more wins. If you're betting this year and want even more wins, listen to Locked On Bets with your boy Q and Lee Sterling of Paramount Sports. They're picking college basketball, football, and NBA locks all winter long. Subscribe to Locked On Bets on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And now, speaking of victories, it's time to talk about whether or not the Jets did all right with getting Pierre-Luc Dubois. My answer is yes. I think Dubois is actually a great return, and I think in terms of like a tra- like a fair trade, this is a very even swap. Dubois is another guy who has problems with his existing team, and I think while his problems are probably a lot more severe than what Line had, it's still something that's been part of the narrative. Now, where I think Dubois might actually be a really good fit for the Jets is that I think personality-wise, and the way that he thinks, he might actually be a great fit for the Jets. You know, in terms of his play style, he's a very good center. He's somebody who has, like, a surprising amount of physicality. He's tall, he's got a lanky frame, but with a decent amount of muscle still built onto that frame, and he's got a good first step that allows him to sort of glide down the ice, and like I said earlier, get that separation distance. He doesn't have, like, Nikolai Ehlers speed, but what he does have is a very long, powerful stride, a good sense of awareness when it comes to being spatially aware, especially around the net, which allows him to get into, like, really good scoring positions, a very good set of hands, like, his his shooting and his, like, hand-eye coordination are both very underappreciated. He doesn't have the world's hardest release, but it's very fast, it's a little bit deceptive, and he seems to be very effective at knowing how to get really great shots off, especially in the central slot area. Dubois is like a multifaceted attacker, but almost in many ways, he has an extremely efficient way of getting to the net. He just drives forward, forces defenders to challenge him, and in a very vague way, actually reminds me a little bit about the uh, of the way that Blake Wheeler used to be a very good net driving presence. You know, he cuts down from like a central area, dives inside against defenders, and is totally not afraid to engage physically to get down into that central area and attack the low net front space. Because of his excellent hand-eye coordination, he doesn't just create chaos when he gets near the net, he actually scores on a lot of those opportunities. He's able to really deftly maneuver the puck around and out deep goalies, get through defenders. He's just a really well-rounded offensive threat, and at even strength, he actually does outproduce Line by a decent margin. I know that it sounds a little bit crazy, but so much of Line's offensive success in the past has been historically driven by power play numbers. What you trade for in Dubois is definitely somebody who's not really a power play driver necessarily, because he's not the one who's going to be scoring a lot. I have a feeling, though, that if he actually comes to the Jets and gets placed on that first or second power play unit, he's actually going to start racking those numbers up very quickly. I think he's got the vision and the release to be really effective, and the way that he plays might actually be a very good help, especially for the second unit. 
Where you're going to see a notable improvement over line A is definitely at even strength. I think Dubois has the potential to be a really dominant offensive zone force, and that could be a, a difference maker for the Jets who don't really have somebody down the middle, you know, especially in light of Shifley kind of declining. PLD might be the exact antidote to what's been ailing the Jets for a couple of seasons now, especially if his return to form is as pronounced as I hope it is. If you get him away from that toxic situation with the Blue Jackets, maybe he actually starts to really show why many years ago he was considered to be a top-line center and the, you know one of the most highly touted center prospects in the league. I don't expect him to be like, you know, Connor McDavid good or anything he might not even be a top line center necessarily but he might be an excellent top 6C all the same for some reason though I just feel like he's going to gel here and he's going to be something that you know Winnipeg has been looking for for a long time maybe it allows Cole Perfetti to start to develop more as a wing too which I think it would ease the pressure off of Perfetti a little bit Cole is obviously envisioned as Winnipeg's long-term franchisee once Shifley is kind of out but if you have somebody like PLD who can actually play a similar role and allow Perfetti to develop in multiple facets and not put all the pressure on the system to develop Perfetti at sea, it might make it a little bit easier and a little bit more flexible. Dubois also has his dad working for the organization, especially for the Moose, which would be interesting in terms of you know, the Jets having a better insight into the way Pierre's mind works. If you have that extra layer of understanding when it comes to whether or not Dubois would be open to extending here long term, I think that that just gives the Jets so many options and frankly puts a lot of things into perspective. It helps the Jets plan for the long term. It gives them a bit more certainty in terms of like a, a cap projection of sorts, especially as we start to see some of the current contracts expire and some of the kids needing new deals. In many ways, I think Dubois is just the right fit. You know, obviously trading Line and, and Dubois for both teams is a monumental task. The odds that you get somebody just as good back are almost slim to none because when you trade a young superstar in a very toxic situation or a relationship that just isn't working, there's a very good chance that you're just not going to get what you need back in terms of true value. It's probably why both teams were so hard up to do the deal between these two squads in particular because they got a great offer from each party that made sense for both teams. Dubois goes to Winnipeg. Line goes back to Columbus with Ross Levick, who doesn't even really figure into Winnipeg's plans. It's almost a little bit convenient for both teams because both teams were definitely in trouble if they couldn't find a better offer. And let's be honest, you're not going to get a better offer than swapping two really high-end offensive players for one another, especially in the situations where both guys didn't really want to stay, weren't intending to extend, and weren't happy with the current situation. So you kind of change the scenery kick the problem can down the road a little bit, and now Winnipeg gets to find out if PLD is somebody who can be their answer to the second-line center problem they've had for multiple seasons now. He'll have that two-week quarantine period, so it's going to be a few days before we see uh, PLD suit up for the Jets, but obviously Line was also injured and sidelined, and in my mind, since Line has been moved to IR, it's probably the case that it would have been the same time period, roughly speaking. All that said, I, I'm kind of interested to see what Dubois looks like for Winnipeg. I think he has a real chance to be a great player here, and hopefully he finds a lot of success. I have some more thoughts on this situation and what it means for the Jets on tomorrow's episode, but for now, that's going to wrap up the uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois-Patrick Laine discussion, at least a temporary stop. I'll have a guest later this week to discuss this trade further from Locked On Columbus Blue Jackets, Jay Forrester, and we'll get his side of the uh, the sadness tree, so to speak. Up next, I'm going to talk a little bit about tonight's game, but before I go any further, I did want to tell you a little bit about rockauto.com and why it needs to be your place for all your auto part needs. When it comes to automotive repairs, most of us probably aren't experts. We can look stuff up on Google and try and piece it together before we head out to the auto parts store, but how many of us actually know what we're doing? If you're tired of running around and trying to figure out the best place to buy all the auto parts you could ever need, look no further than rockauto.com. 
RockAuto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their intuitive, easy-to-use website allows you to sort by make, year, and model, and set a price range filter so you always get the exact parts you need at the prices you want. Best of all, you could save anywhere from 20 to 30 even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing. RockAuto.com never charges a membership fee, and everyone, no matter their experience level, always pays the same prices. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, RockAuto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. When you place your order, be sure to write Lockdown in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, visit RockAuto.com today. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing today's episode of Chaos with a couple of thoughts about some of tonight's upcoming games. Right now, we actually have one game ongoing between uh, our favorite Columbus Blue Jackets and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Apparently, Columbus is currently winning towards the end of the second period, 3-2. to two. Yay, how exciting, guys. Um, up next, we actually have Montreal versus Vancouver at 7 p.m., which will be an interesting rematch. Vancouver got absolutely thrashed in their last meeting. It was a very embarrassing game for the Canucks, so obviously they need to have a big response. At 7 p.m., we also have Philadelphia versus Boston, which is a fairly all right game, a fairly even matchup between two teams that, you know, Boston has been very good at even strength but can't score. The Flyers are okay at even strength but can score quite a few goals, especially on a bit of a loose defensive play and maybe some counters. Then at 8 p.m. Eastern, we've got the Kings versus the Blues. This might actually be a tighter matchup in some ways. I think the Kings are surprisingly okay. I I wouldn't say that they're like a great team, but they're all right, not too bad. And then, of course, the only game that anyone really cares about as far as listeners of this podcast are concerned, we've got Ottawa versus Winnipeg at 10 p.m. Eastern. I don't know why they've decided to schedule such a late game, but, you know, my eyeballs are going to be at this point kind of bugging out of their skulls because it's going to be... Such a late start, and I have to recap it. But some interesting notes about this game have popped up. Vili Heinola, as expected, is going to be making his way to the bench this time around. He's been moved to the taxi squad, which I just don't really agree with. I know that Ottawa is a very physical team, and maybe they want to protect him, especially after there were some heated moments in the last game. But by the same token, Heinola is also our best defender. I know that Logan Stanley is big and physical, but in terms of creating breakout passes, working on defensive markings inside the DZ, creating breakouts and counters along the flanks. I mean, Heinola is just naturally good at just about all of this. He's a space creator, he's a playmaker, and he's very good in his own end. I'm not a super huge fan of benching him, but it is what it is. I expect Maurice to do this stuff occasionally. Hopefully Heinola's benching is only temporarily uh, a thing. He needs to be in this lineup as soon as possible and needs to be in it consistently. Dylan DeMello will make his return to the Jets lineup, which is obviously a very welcome sign. He's had a couple of games off just because, of uh, of course, he's now a dad and his family needed his time. So we're all super excited for him and glad that he got to experience the joys of being a father for, I believe, the first time. And now he'll be coming back and playing alongside Josh Morrissey. So it's a good welcome return for him. I'm sure he'll be very excited to rejoin this lineup. Even though Heinola's absence is going to be a problem, getting DeMello back and especially 20 minutes of DeMello would be fantastic. It also sounds like Christian Veselainen is going to be drawing into tonight's team. Uh, Nate Thompson is injured, so somebody else will be taking over that center role on the fourth line. I did hear somebody say it was going to be Jansen Harkins, but I haven't seen that anywhere in particular, so I don't know if it's confirmed. Either way, Veselainen will be doing some auditioning for a top six role at some point. I have a decent amount of faith in Christian to eventually be an effective uh, top six scorer. I hope he does it with the Jets. You know, with us trading line A and now bringing in another center, we do have a, uh, a potential role for him as somebody who could slide in on the top left wing spot. 
Maybe now is the chance for him to start to earn those marks and make a real difference for this team. He hasn't been as prolific as we'd hoped from somebody who was drafted as high as he was and, and with the kind of expectations of being a really good scorer. But I think he's got plenty of potential. If he starts to get some chemistry at the NHL level, maybe we get a little bit more fun. That is the last game of the evening. The only other game, which was Florida versus Carolina, has been postponed thanks to COVID, which is not exactly a shock. So the Jets have tonight's closing round. For tomorrow's episode, I will continue our Patrick Liney trade discussions and give some thoughts about what it means for the organization as a whole. I'll also recap whatever happens in tonight's Jets game. It's going to be a late one, so I don't really have time to record it before tomorrow, but hopefully it's gold stars. Before you log off, you should be checking out Locked on NHL. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of all of it is by subscribing to Locked on NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Subscribe to Locked on NHL wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.